0: We are in our second week of our series on the parables of Jesus. If you have not been a part of our Sunday school groups yet, this might be a great time to try it out because on the Sunday after we talk about it at church, Sunday school groups are working on that same scripture. So the scripture that we looked at last week, the Sunday school group looks at in the morning before church. It's a fun time. Um, We decided we have a new plan. So I made a joke because it's been really nice and rainy, right? Uh, Not rainy. It's been nice and no rain and perfect weather. And then what's coming this week? Rain. Rain. And what's happening at church this week? Correct. So if I schedule something to happen at the church, it will rain. That same um, rule, law, of just Murphy's Law is true with, with tables. For our Sunday school group, we often have three tables put together and there's a lot of empty seats. Today we decided just to have one, two tables put together and you all just kept coming in. So that's my new thing. Every time I go somewhere or do something, I'm gonna make it so that it's small so that just people trickle on in, right? But we have a good time. A lot of laughing, especially this group. I don't know what you're doing, but you laugh way too much. This is a whole, no, I'm kidding. Holy moment. You're old, so you laugh. Interesting. All right. Today, we are looking at scripture that comes from Mark 7. This parable is also found in um, Matthew chapter 15. This is what Mark tells us. The scripture says, again, Jesus called the crowd to him and said, listen to me, everyone, and understand this. Nothing outside a person can defile them by going into them. Rather, it is what comes out of a person that defiles them. After he had left the crowd and entered the house, his disciples asked him about this parable. And he said, are you so dull? Don't you see that nothing that enters a person from the outside can defile them? For it doesn't go into their heart, but into their stomach and then out of their body. And saying this, Jesus declared all foods clean. He went on, what comes out of a person is what defiles them for it is from within out of a person's heart that evil thoughts come sexual immorality theft murder adultery greed malice deceit lewdness envy slander arrogance and folly all of these evils come from the inside and defile a person this is the word of god for the people of god thanks be to god, thanks be to god indeed so Today, we are looking at an idea that's similar to what we talked about last week. Last week, we talked about how we are not meant to judge others. If you missed that, I encourage you to watch that sermon because it's an important connection to where we are today. And I thought that we would start off today by me telling you about some stuff I found online. Now, granted, I found it online, so you should be afraid, very afraid. Um, But I was looking just just because I was curious, at what it was that people might say that made us acceptable as humans in society. And then I found, as I dug deeper in, because we all have these nebulous ideas that this is good and that that is bad, but I found some lists. I found a list for women about what you can do to make yourself more acceptable to others. I found a list for men. Are you ready for my lists? They're pretty exciting. All right, ladies, we're gonna start with you. The first thing you have to do in order to be acceptable is to put hygiene first. It's important that you're clean, it says. Always be clean and smell nice. That's rule number one. Rule number two is to find a signature scent. You go and buy some perfume, okay? And you wear that perfume everywhere you go and people will know you by your smell. The next thing that you need to do in order to be more acceptable is to have clean clothes. Clean and ironed, number two. I can do clean. I cannot do ironed. If you paid me a million dollars, I still don't think I could do ironed. I might hire somebody to iron for me, but I don't know that I can do ironed. You're for hire? Great. Oh, yeah, you have lots of experience. It is, yeah, military. I should have gone in the military, then I could iron. See, because of that, probably. Mm -hmm. You're smart. The next thing you need to do, ladies, is to embrace your hair. Have you embraced your hair? Do you love your hair? You need to embrace it because messy, this is literally what it said, messy, lifeless, and oil hair diminishes your value. (laughs) Just saying, this is what the list says. The next thing you have to do is master your makeup game. Not only do you need to master your makeup game, but they listed eight things, most of them I didn't even know what they were, eight things that you had to have in your daily makeup regimen. I'll give you the list if you want it later, but. I, I just, I have three things. Yeah. hmm Then the next thing you have to do is straighten your posture. Never going to happen for me. Never going to happen. I'm never going to be acceptable in this world. The next thing you have to do is smile. And let me tell you, I take that one personally because I have a resting frown face. See this? Mm-hmm. And do you know what happens with this face is I will walk into a grocery store, and it's always men who say to me, smile, it's not that bad. <laughs> Like, listen, do you know how much work it takes to get those muscles up? And it hurts. Like, after a time, for my face, anyway, stop saying that to people. <laughs> okay, second to last one. I'm surprised this wasn't first. I think they were just hiding it. was eat well and exercise because caring for your body is noticed by others. <laughs> and then the last one, oh, boy. The last one is to invest time and money on your looks. So, for those of you who have been looking for a way to be more acceptable to others, there you go. Now, guys, you don't get out of this, okay? This is your list. You ready? The first thing you need is a sense of humor. You need to be funny. Guy thinks that you're not funny, you're just obnoxious. There's a difference. See, now that was funny. Sorry. He loves me. I can say that because I'm acceptable in all the fancy ways. Um, It's funny, number number two was the same as women. When women were supposed to get a signature scent, men were supposed to get a cologne. You need a, not just any cologne, a nice cologne. If you smell like a drugstore, not a good thing. The the third thing is you have to have an entourage. (laughs) If you wanna be acceptable to ladies, you need an entourage because apparently you're more attractive if you hang out with people, right? Um, I thought that was really funny. The fourth thing you need to do is to play with babies. So if you're like out in public and you see a little kid, if you go, oh, you're so cute, a woman's gonna like you. The fifth thing you need to do is walk confidently. So it's kind of like the posture, right? You gotta have a strut. The sixth thing that you need to do is to (laughs) build, I like the way they put this, build moderate muscles. See, if you have too many muscles, it's a problem. If you don't have any muscles, it's a problem. But if you have moderate musculature, you're going to do better in this world. The seventh thing, and this has to be current because this was not true like 10 years ago, the seventh thing is to grow a beard. So half of you in here, you're on it, right? Kyle, you're on it. TJ, you're in. The rest of you, out. (laughs) The eighth thing you need to do is hang out with people who are musical or be musical yourself. You are way cooler. So Kyle's the only one in here who's cool enough. You are way cooler if you have musical abilities or if you hang out with people who are musical. Just saying. So remember remember they told women not to, or to smile? The men, they say, don't smile too much. If you smile too much, you're not mysterious enough to get the girls. Just saying. The last one my daughter would probably agree with, is that you need to own a dog. If you own a dog, you're more, as a man, you're more acceptable, right? What do you think of these lists, right? Like, these are real things that people seriously thought about, considered, and then put out there for the world to say, yes, this is how I become better in my life. But none of it surprises us because we feel this pressure from the world. Maybe not specifically those things, but we feel this pressure to be acceptable in certain ways. We feel it at church too. We have a list, this one I made up. (laughs) So this is my list of what it means to be acceptable as a Christian, all right? To be an acceptable Christian, you need to go to church. So check, all of you get to put a little check in your box. You are a good Christian, you were at church today. The next thing you need to do is you need to read your Bible. If you don't read your Bible, what kind of a Christian are you? The third thing you have to do is you need to pray. I mean, every Christian knows that if they don't pray, they certainly are not Christian. The fourth thing they have to do is you have to be really humble, like super humble. You need to do a lot of really good work, but you don't tell anybody about it. Just keep it all to yourself, right? You also need to dress modestly. If you walk in this place and you dress like those people told you to dress on the other list, you're not a Christian. You need to go to church events. All good Christian people go to all the good church events. If you're not here every time the doors are open, you are not a Christian. You need to volunteer. When we have sign-up Sundays, if you don't put your name on a list, guess what? You don't believe in God. <laughs> <laughs> and then you've got to follow all the rules, all of these rules, all 613. 613. You need to follow the rules. And if you do those things, then you're a Christian, right? Now, I say that hoping nobody edits that out and puts it anywhere as if it's a real thing. (laughs) Joseph Thomas Rothschild, don't you dare. (laughs) But in reality, when we walk into churches, that's often what we feel is that pressure. Right, We feel pressure to behave a certain way. We feel pressure to experience God a certain way. We feel pressure to do things right. And what we see happening in this scripture from Mark um, is that the Pharisees, right before we get to this part where we read about the parable, is that the Pharisees had pulled Jesus aside. Jesus had just fed the 5,000. He had walked on water. Now he's talking to the people, and the Pharisees look at him, and they say, how is it, Jesus? And anytime they open their mouths, you really know they're getting themselves in trouble. But they didn't figure that out yet. And so they're like, How is it, Jesus, that your disciples are not washing their hands before they eat when you know that to be good with God means to wash your hands? Have you heard that cleanliness is next to godliness? The Pharisees set that up thousands of years ago. Not your mama, not your grandma, but they were serious. There was no law in scripture, there was nowhere in the Bible where God had said you had to wash your hands in order to be clean enough to eat. But in the tradition of the church, in the tradition of Judaism, in order to be acceptable, in order to eat, in order to be around other people, you had to wash your hands before you ate. And if you didn't do this, you were unacceptable. If you didn't do this, it said something about you fundamentally as a human being. And Jesus, hearing these words, said to them, it is not what we put in our mouths, it is not what we do with our bodies that makes us unclean. It's what comes out of our mouths, because what comes out of our mouths tells us about our hearts. What comes out of our mouth tells us about our hearts. And what I find most funny about this scripture, well, not funny, but I'm going to go there. This is what Jesus says. He says, Do you not see that nothing that enters a person from the outside can defile them? For it doesn't go into their heart, but into their stomach. But he doesn't stop there because it goes from their stomach and then what? Out. Out. Jesus says very, 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 clearly, that the things from the world that come in come right back out if we allow it to. But the things that get us in trouble, the things that hurt us, the things that hurt our faith, the things that hurt our relationship with God are the things that are stuck in our hearts, the things that we have not gotten rid of, the things that actually we haven't let God change about us. You see, what Jesus was pointing out to the Pharisees is that their whole relationship with God was an external piece of clothing that they put on for others to see. They went down the list of things that were appropriate, and they just made sure that they were doing the right things. So for us, it would be, I'm going to church. I said, thank you, God, for my food. I prayed today. I read a a Pinterest thing that had a piece of scripture on it, so... I read my Bible today too, right? Like that counts, does it not? And then I volunteered, I handed out bulletins, so I am definitely holier than half the people in church because I was one of two people who did it. The rest of you, not holy. Check, check, check. Their whole relationship with God became about the traditions of the church instead of this internal relationship with God. And then Jesus comes and takes it even further. Because as Jesus comes, we have a relationship that is rich. We have a relationship that is bidirectional. We have access to God that they never had. But even walking away from the Pharisees, sitting down with just his disciples, the disciples looked at Jesus and said, we don't understand and honestly, of all the parables, this is, might be the easiest one to understand if you ask me. Like, there's plenty of parables that I have to read a whole bunch in order to understand. This one seems pretty clear to me. But the di- disciples sat down and said, we don't get it. And if you think about where they're coming from, it makes sense. Their whole lives, since they were little... Instead of having somebody tell them that God loves them, God created them, God has a plan for them, they've been told over and over again, in order to be right with God, you must. In order to be right with God, you must. In order to be right with God, you must. Their whole lives. And you can't change that in a day. You can't change that with one sermon or one parable. It doesn't just switch off. And the same is true for us the things that we feel we must do in order to be acceptable either in church or in the world, we can't just turn those off. I wish I could turn off those voices. I wish I could unhear every person who's told me to smile more because I think about it, right? And I'm like, oh yeah, I gotta put on my smiley face so people don't think I'm gonna murder them, <laughs> right? I think about the ways that I'm presentable. I think about what I wear and how I wear it. And is this appropriate for a pastor to wear? And then I'll stand and I'll look in the mirror and I'm like, that's probably not appropriate for, you know, I go through the whole list. And what Jesus is telling us in this moment is that our relationship and our faith have nothing to do with a list. Our relationship Our faith grows not as we accomplish certain things. It grows as we surrender to God and let God change us on the inside. And this is how we get in trouble as Christians because we have millions of Christians living their life as if this list is what matters, as if going to church makes them Christian, as if going and volunteering for a church makes them Christian, as if being at a food bank and giving food away makes them Christian. You could do all of those things and be the most hateful person on your block. In fact, that tends to be the case sometimes. Some of our most checklist-happy people are some of our most unhappy and toxic people that we know. And so what we have to ask ourselves today as we listen to these words of Jesus is not to question the people in our lives who fit this bill clearly, because I bet you I could ask you to write all down the names right now and you'd have a whole list for me of people who do just that. Well, Mary Sue, she's at church all the time, but you should hear her talk about other people. (laughs) And then there's Bob, that man. I mean, he's always cutting the grass out at the church, but have you seen him at Mike's on Friday night? let me just tell you that doesn't look very Christian to me but how often do we sit and ask ourselves how is it that I'm allowing God to change me and what is it that I'm holding on to that holds me back because it's not just them that do this it's us Each one of us struggles to let go of these lists, to let go of these things that we think will make us acceptable in one way or another. Some of you put on a work face, right? You go to work and you're this certain type of person at work because in order to get along with those people, you have to be this way. Some of us put on a, I don't know, a going out into the world face where we hurt and we're hurting we're broken and we're suffering. But we won't let anybody see that because we don't want to be vulnerable. But what we're called to do in Scripture is to recognize that the most important thing about us are the words that come from our heart, are the thoughts that pop up into our head, and they need to change. And guess who's going to change it? Not you. And that's the best part about this. I'm not saying, hey, go change who you are fundamentally. I'm not saying, hey, go erase every negative thought you've ever had. Go erase all the ways you're judgmental. Go erase this person that you've been your whole life. What I'm saying is that God wants to do that in you. That God wants a relationship with you that is deep enough that he can start to mold you and make you into a new creation. Because we cannot do this work just like the disciples they couldn't turn off overnight this thing that they had been grown and trained to be we cannot either but the power of jesus living inside of us will do that work so how if i tell you that making you being praying and showing up at church doesn't make you christian then what is it that you're supposed to do well go to church but don't go to church because you're supposed to. Go to church because you're expecting to meet the very real presence of God here in this place. And that as you meet God in this place, you recognize, you expect, you long for God to be working in your heart in this space. Don't go and volunteer at Vacation Bible Camp. Don't tell Jess I said that. (laughs) Because it's something that the church needs. Do it because you expect that as you're serving others, God's going to show up and work on you. Don't become a member of the AV team because it makes you cool and hip, although it really does. (laughs) Do it because you know that as you're serving this church, God is working in your heart. But that only happens if we surrender, if we expect, if we show up to meet God that way. If we are showing up to Sunday school and church simply to mark something off the list because it's what we're supposed to do, we are not going to experience the very real power of God. However, if you begin to pray at home, not because it's what you're meant to do, but because you know that God's going to meet you there, you will be changed over time. And I wish I could be like those people at Shark Tank and snap my fingers and make things happen, but I can't. What I'm telling you is I'm giving you a crockpot lesson in life. It's a slow cooker. You put yourself in there and then you let God over time do the work. But over time, you'll notice that you change. Over time, you'll notice that ways that you used to think, you no longer think. Over time, you notice that you can drive without wanting to kill people around you. (laughs) <laughs> it's a slow cooker in a slow cooker right we don't do the changing we don't do the hard work we simply show up expecting knowing that god's gonna do it we show up for that relationship if you don't know how to pray guess how you start yo god i don't know how to pray but i want to know you better amen first prayer done And then you do it over and over again until you start to feel the very real presence of God. You don't do it because your pastor says you should pray. You do it because you know that as you pray, God's going to show up. You don't read Scripture because it makes you holy. You read Scripture because you know that as you read these words, God's going to meet you here. And God's going to show you something that you didn't have before you started. We come expectantly knowing that God is going to meet us God is going to change us and God is going to mold us and make us into people who have hearts that shine the light of Christ and until then we keep showing up we keep showing up the Pharisees struggled deeply to walk away from all of the laws, because you know what? It's a lot easier to follow a law and be okay, right? It's easier to say, okay, well, if I just don't eat and I exercise, then I'm going to look good for the rest of the world. It's a rule. I can follow it. There's going to be an outcome, and I can see this progress, right? It's harder to have faith, knowing that as I show up with a heart wanting to know God better, God's going to meet me, because we can't see it. It's hard to walk in faith. My grandmother, um, she was like a mother to me because I spent most of my years, my formative young years, living with my grandparents. And so she didn't get to be a typical grandmother. She was more like a parent. Um, She taught me lots of great things. She taught me how to cook. I love cooking. And my son is a good cook now because of my grandmother. Or he says he is. He came in last night. Last night was hodgepodge dinner. If you don't know what that is, that's fend for yourself. Eat. Eat. And he had made himself some ramen. He said, this is the best ramen I've ever had in my entire life. I am such a good cook. And I thought, yeah, you are, man. (laughs) Yeah, you are. But my grandmother started that in me. My grandmother wasn't perfect. My grandmother was not a woman of faith. I didn't grow up in faith. But she did teach me one thing that I think is pretty apropos of the world we live in today. She said, as long as it looks okay on the outside, Doesn't matter what's happening on the inside, just put on the face. I'll never forget that. I have no idea, I I picture myself being in her bedroom but I have no idea if that's where we were but I remember that being the message because I'm gonna tell you right now we were a hot mess of a family, (laughs) just hot mess. But as as long as we look pulled together, as long as when we went out into the world everything looked just fine and nobody could tell, everything was good. And that's what the world teaches us today, right? Social media is the whole, it's social media is the personification of my grandmother's words, is it not? Just as long as it looks good in pretty pictures, everything's okay. But what Jesus wants is your heart. What Jesus wants is the mess. What Jesus wants is the trouble that you can't get rid of. What Jesus wants is a real relationship, and it's in that real relationship that the good comes. It's in that real relationship where our hearts are changed. And it's in that real relationship where we see, where we can know that we matter, that we are enough, and that nothing that we do changes that fact because God loves you, God created you, and God has a plan for you. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we are so much like the Pharisees. Since the day we were born, we have been taught and molded by the world in which we live. And that world has rules. And if we follow those rules, we tend to be more successful. But if we lay outside of that, we struggle. And God, we have given up too much of ourselves to those rules. We have given up too much of our lives chasing after something you never meant for us to follow. Following traditions as if they are your commandments. God, help us today and every day to remember that these external traditions do not make us believers. Instead, it's a heart surrendered and open to you. And it's in that place where you transform us into beautiful things. In the name of Jesus we pray, amen.